Based on my reporting, nothing that happened today changes the fundamental dynamic in the Senate, which is, of course, where this all matters. Right now, last week was profound, what happened in the House. The Republicans stayed completely unified. They opposed this impeachment proceeding. Two Democrats moved over. If the current facts stay the way they are, there is no chance, Rand Paul was correct when he went on your show, there is no chance they get close to 20 Republican senators moving over. They need big new damaging facts, the Democrats do, to get this across the line. What we saw today does not meet that level based on our report. That's the guy you need to follow for a news reporter on uh, on impeachment. Jonathan Swain of Axios, because he's a Trump hater, and he's certainly not a, a right winger. He goes on all the channels. He's on MSNBC regularly. He's on mm-hmm. those shows. He's on Fox regularly. Yep. And him saying nothing happened yesterday that changes the fundamental story, which right. is absolutely true. Yep. And and they're hoping for something big or they need something big. Right. I, so. I thought Tucker Carlson, who's unquestionably a, a partisan, but his line about they're hoping through sheer repetition to just build an image in your mind that something's happening here. But it, it's just, it's all pretty weak. The whole quid pro quo thing, I find a bit of a head scratcher. Don't most Americans, I thought we looked at the polls, don't most Americans believe that did happen? Oh, so yeah. That's already there. The facts are known, but they're just trying to relitigate it and relitigate it and relitigate it until you think, yeah, yeah, I guess that was terrible and and probably illegal and Trump probably should go. But all these hearings, I mean, you have a different character saying, oh, yeah, looks like a quid pro quo to me. I know, for instance, the big news yesterday on the liberal cable channels was that uh, this guy, uh, Sondland, who is the ambassador to the EU, he, he was saying no quid pro quo. Now he's saying, yeah, I talked to some other people, and I guess it is a quid pro quo. Well, it, it sure looked like, you know, it was, probably. On the other hand, as others have pointed out, Joe Biden brags in that videotape proudly that he told Ukraine, fire that crooked prosecutor or you're not getting your $1 billion. Now, that's clearly a quid pro quo. Maybe that's a more purely motivated one because he's trying to root out corruption. But Trump, in his crazy head, thought he was trying to root out corruption, or was, I don't know. You know, let Robert Menendez, Dick Durbin, Patrick Leahy, and other senators wrote a letter to Ukraine saying, you need to cooperate with the Mueller probe or our relationship will not continue with you. That was clearly threatening the withdrawal of aid unless they cooperate with the Russia hoax thing. So the idea that we never have quid pro quos for aid is just dumb. It's dumb. Now, if you want to say, well, he was having, he was demanding they investigate a political rival. He's doing oh, okay. it for, for his yeah. own personal gain as opposed to the nation's gain. Right. Hey, yeah, fair argument, enough. Fair, which I hey. think most people agree is the case, according to polls. And although I think this is the part of Trump that makes me crazy, get in the way of the parts of Trump that I like. He gets obsessed with these stories on the Hannity show, and he probably saw Hannity the night before he talked to old, what's his name, the new president from uh, Ukraine, the actor, and, and so he brought it up because he's all obsessed with, uh, with uh, you know, the, the, the email server and whatever, and yeah, Biden happens to be a political rival, but he, and this is so Trump, Biden's a guy who's been bitterly criticizing Trump publicly. So Trump's butthurt and resentful and wants to get anything he can to lash back at Biden. It's the Trumpiest Trump that's ever Trumped. Um, so you can color it as some sort of dark conspiracy to tear down a political rival. It just looks like Trump being Trump to me. And everybody has an outline of what happened. Everybody's seen the transcript or whatever it is, the, the close to a transcript. And so we're just to get, vote now. 
Put it in the Senate. Vote now. Everybody has an opinion. Most Americans go into debt for the holidays. Did you know that? Yeah, I, I, the whole credit card bills hitting in January thing has been a, a meme, a part of pop culture. 61% of people with credit cards will go into debt during the holiday season. Well, how long are you in debt? I suppose is the question. My uh, fabulous wife, Judith. Um, Well, I have a long aside, but I don't know if we have time for it. Um, Since we were dirt freaking poor was part of those Christmas clubs. Where if you had, you would put aside three dollars a month, and at the end of the year, at least you had a few bucks to buy Christmas presents. It wasn't literally three, but it was like two, three, four bucks a week when we were first married. So we saved, and and then you come Christmas time, at least we have fifty bucks to buy some presents or whatever. Uh, I recommend that, man. It's just it's the way Americans used to run their household finances versus the modern thing. Hey, put down the credit card. Then when the credit card gets too big, you bankrupt, you bankrupt, right. and uh, the, the amount gets eaten, and you start over. I stand corrected. I apologize. Uh, 51% of debt holders believe the holidays are a good reason to increase their debt. Something only 26% of those without debt say. That's interesting. Uh, the biggest reason people go into debt for the holidays is to make their friends and family happy to make themselves happy. <laughs> well, that's kind of funny. <laughs> You know why I'm in debt? To make myself happy. Got this here car. Got this here house. How's the debt make you feel? Got this cool watch. Miserable. (laughs) I did this to make myself happy. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Please family and friends. Make themselves happy to please the children, 38%. Wow, that goes way down the list. I don't generally spend any money on myself, but... uh, You're not self-coupled. Yeah, ah, that's it. <laughs> I wish the two of you would start getting along. I'm tired of the fighting. Mm. Yeah, good luck. That's, so that's my my my. Here's what my you message. do. Here's what you do. You sit down at any point in the year. Just once you get started, sit down with a glass of wine, whatever you and your honey, or if you're self coupled like Emma Watson with yourself, and you think of every anticipatable large expense you can. I've done a lot of self coupling. It's okay. It ain't great, but it's okay. Get you by. Um, whether it's uh, your twice a year insurance payments or uh, Christmas shopping or taxes, if you tend to owe or whatever, brainstorm. Think of every anticipatable large expense, then divide it by twelve, and put away one twelfth of it every month on paper. It's still there in your savings account, your checking account, or whatever. But you put you move it on a ledger to something you do not touch. Then you get to those expenses, and you pay them, because right, you have the money. All right, old man. Or I open up a new credit card. No, no, no. you're supposed to say, okay, boomer. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, good job, boomer. Or I open up a I'm new credit card. Ge- ge- generation X, but go on. <laughs> yeah, and if okay, I'm, boomer. And if I max out both of those, I just BK, and it's gone. Again, I, I stand corrected, and I apologize. And within like a week, I'm getting offers for a new credit card. Having defaulted on the last one. I apologize for my antiquated and probably racist thinking. Please don't drag me <laughs> into the street and hit me with sticks. Yeah, I got a, a good one, Sean. I got to adopt I'm that. I'm not up. a boomer. I'm reading how that is really, really a thing now. No, it seems okay, like a boomer. good way to get oh, yeah. punched by an old person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Buzz Aldrin. 
My hero. No, you don't have to actually be like if, when I tell my friends that because of my work schedule, I go to bed very early. Uh-huh. They say, okay, boomer. Okay, right? gotcha. well, so it's become that universal. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. It doesn't even have to be an actual, you know, accurate. It's just it's about your attitudes and actions and lifestyle. Okay. Okay. So it's a stupid uh, insult that means nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And that's, that's the great. best kind. The internet loves it. Yes. <laughs> yes. That makes it good. <laughs> We figured out how to use OK Boomer. Quick, buy a really flimsy T-shirt with that on the front of it. <laughs> That's what I would do. <sighs> so, uh, coming up, among other things, who is leaving what states and where are they going and mm. what the characteristics do those states uh, share? Uh, also, uh, speaking of comparing states and feeling superior or inferior, depending where you are, Mississippi, which are the fattest states in the oh, U.S.? Okay. That list well, is out Maybe I'll already. just move there and make my life easier. <laughs> That's right. By comparison, you will be very svelte. <laughs> All that on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Okay, Boomer meme. Uh, might have to start using that on our seven-year-old, who we regularly refer to as an old man. He's like an old man, only seven years old. The other day, we went for a long walk. We get back. He sits down on the couch. He takes off his shoes and socks. He's rubbing his feet, and he said, man, my piggies are crying. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's not what seven-year-olds say. Wow. It's just not what seven-year-olds say. It's a Benjamin Button thing. <laughs> I know. It's aging in reverse. <laughs> so he's complaining about state laws and that sort of thing. Um, Why do I have voices in my head? So, uh, if you're a long-time listener of the show, you know I'm not a fan of taking local political races and turning them into national narratives. I think it's stupid. Right. It's just stupid. Usually as misleading as it it is informative. Right, and the media always gets excited if it's one direction. A lot of media coverage and the fact that a, a Democrat is now going to be governor of Kentucky. If the Republican had pulled out the win, it would get almost no coverage today. Sure. But if the Democrat wins, it does. How can a, a Democrat wins in a state Trump won by 30 points? It's a bellwether. I don't know anything about that race, but here's something I do know. I was living in California when a Democratic governor lost to a Republican in a state that wasn't becoming any less blue at all. It wasn't a bellwether that is California turning into a, 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 a red state. Is a George W. No. Is nothing. You had a crappy governor and a and a compelling candidate go up against him. Period. Mm. I'm guessing that's what happened in Kentucky. Mm. Doesn't mean it's a bellwether of anything. Judging Just stupid from, media coverage. Judging from what I've read and seen, that was exactly the case. Virginia is getting increasingly blue. That was one of the big stories. I mean, there's just no denying that. Um, as it becomes more and more bloated with government money, and a significant tech corridor full of young programmers who are making too much money and, and the rest of it, yeah, they tend to vote Democrat. So. They're getting more blue while Mississippi is getting more fat? Uh, Jack, I hate to kick Mississippi. I like Mississippi. I've only vacationed there once. Bunch of around, Mississippi kickers. thought it was really cool. Really, really cool. Yeah, a little humid, but uh, gorgeous. If you're into the blues, I tell you what, you do the blues trail, huh? Did you do that or anything like that? Kind of see some of the places that are referenced yeah. in the classic blues Absolutely. Songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fat is becoming the new normal in America, Jack. Went through, fat! Two, 
Went through Tupelo to see Elvis's house. Just all that sort of stuff. Nice. Yeah. How did you find it? As they used to say. I mean, it's was, it was, it was a small uh, little house with uh, rooms and a door and windows yeah, it and was such. On, it was on the way where I was going. I wouldn't have gone out of my way for it, but, you know. Yeah, I don't know if there's something wrong with me, but I'll see the house where X grew up or Y grew up or whatever, and I'll just think, hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it, there's no magic for me. Mm. I don't know. Uh, but what, did I mention that fat is becoming the new normal in America? More than 7 in 10 U.S. adults age 20 and older are either overweight or obese. Um, Using the BMI scale still, though, right? Uh, they use actually a number of different measures in this study, uh, which we'll get to in a second or two. Either overweight or obese is either not a problem or a problem. Is it just? But again, uh, like we were talking about with the family structure and marriage and suicide, the other stuff we were talking about. Sometimes just gather the facts and think about them for a while. I don't know exactly what it means, but if if more Americans are overweight than ever before, even though that's probably not much of a health problem, it's I guess it's worth knowing. In 2018, interestingly enough, the U.S. weight loss and diet control market products, services, foods, etc., was valued at 72 billion dollars. Not surprising. Meanwhile, the U.S. spends a total of nearly $200 billion in annual health care costs related to obesity alone. So this is important. Um, also, according... And, and we talked a lot last week about um, you know why people are overweight and is it a character flaw and no, it's not and all that different stuff. And it was a conversation about should you tell a loved one they're overweight. Yeah. So we did all the, I think, qualifications last week of not being mean about it. But, man, we as a country eat a lot of crap. Yeah. I was just thinking about that driving down the road the other day. The number of places to eat where you shouldn't eat anything in there. You really shouldn't. And right. nobody did not that many decades ago. No. Nobody. I was driving down this road, and I thought none of this food was available not very long ago. Right. Nobody would have eaten any of this, and they're all packed full of people today uh, eating lunch. Right. Also, that plays a role. Before we get to the fattest states, Mississippi, um, the new findings by the Physical Activity Council, whoever that is, suggest a need to blah, blah, blah. According to the report, 82 million Americans aged six and older were completely inactive in 2018. Never moved once. I'm sure that <laughs> I, I could get into their, um, their, their, well, uh, give us a, can you give us a, can you give us a rough idea what qualifies as active versus inactive? Uh, I will tell you this. Do um, I have to work out an hour a day to be active? Oh, or? my God. I would have to, I would have to go down a okay. rabbit hole of methodology. But I, I will tell you this, uh, rip from real life. I went and saw a cardiologist the other day. Um, I've been working with this doctor, a great dude, um, for years and years because I thought something was wrong with me. Turned out not to be a big problem. But as I'm a middle aged guy and fight high blood pressure, I go see him once in a while. Anyway. Uh, I was asking because I've had one groovy aftermarket hip customization. I'm about to have another one. Um, and, and so I can't do the stress test on the, the treadmill anymore. Wouldn't be safe. Um, at least for a while. And so I said, what's the alternative? Do you have an elliptical or anything? And he said, uh, no, we do chemical stress tests. We give you a drug essentially that makes your heart rate go up to, the level we need, and then we do the the EKG wow. while it's beating really I fast. I hate the sound of that. Well, that's I said to him, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, you're going to give me drugs to make my heart race. I said, oh. how long does that last? He says, a few minutes. A couple he, weeks. He said, uh, he said, Joe, a majority of our stress tests now are that because so many people are in such terrible wow, shape. Wow, they can't do they the They can't do physical exercise. Wow, that is interesting. And this guy, he's some... Um, 
Well, he's going to be retiring. His retirement's way closer than when he started. He's uh, an older guy, not an old guy by any means. But So he's seen a lot of trends in American health. And he says, yeah, it's amazing. Just nobody, nobody is robust physically anymore. Or, or a small percentage of people. That are. is really interesting. It, it shocked me. It really did. So anyway, you combine the omnipresence of super delicious, super caloric food, and uh, and, the and the wonder of sitting, the wonder of sitting on your couch. It's one of my favorite positions. Yeah, you get uh, the 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 fat fat America, uh, fattest state. Counting up from uh, the top five, and and you'll notice culturally, geographically, there's some commonality here. Alabama's number five. Then Tennessee, then Kentucky, then West Virginia, then Mississippi, all your southern states, and and they have all sorts of dietary stuff and 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 obesity statistics. The humidity, um, that's part of it. You just you don't want to move. Number six. Now we're going to go from six to ten. Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas, fat fat Delaware, finally breaking through the uh, southeastern lock, and Ohio. I want to hear the least fat when we come back. Can you do that for me? I'd be delighted. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we got the Biden-Warren rift really heating up. There's been a new annual stress fight, fight. stress in America survey that's just been released. And I'll tell you, one of the leaders may or may not surprise you, but it opened my eyes. And we got a lot of talk about an NFL team moving to London. A couple of 70-year-olds in a fight. One of them's going to get a chain wrapped around their head, of course. Oh, no, no. It's going to be ugly. <laughs> Don't do it. Promise us the fittest states, having given us the five fattest states. Well, before we even get into that. Of course, fit and fat don't go together, necessarily. Well, they do. For our purposes, yes, they do. The least fat states. Right. You can be what's called skinny fat, which is a term I just became aware of the other day, which is a pretty good one. Uh, what is that? You just uh, you have no exercise, no muscle tone. If you've but... ever seen a skinny fat person like in a tank top or something, you know it when you see them. Okay. Yeah, just flabby but skinny. Yeah. <laughs> so I got this. Uh, I was just flipping through the, the newspaper, which kids is a website they print for some reason. but um, And it's an ad from Arby's, who is one of my favorite uh, so-called fast food places. Judy and I will stop there occasionally because their sandwiches are are much, much, much healthier than most places. I and mean, delicious. A meat, a little cheese, and a little bun on there, and maybe a little mustard, and it's, it's fabulous. I love their sandwiches. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, they're advertising the new s'mores shake. That's something you should never eat. That you can get for $1.99, a 16-ounce shake. Practically free. Right. Adjusted for inflation, uh, probably in the old days, getting a shake would be $25. Compared to what it costs now. <laughs> or, Jack, this new Cinnamuffin. A gigantic oh, <laughs> carb and sugar uh, 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 orgasm. I have little willpower, but if I'm ever eating either one of those at the Arby's drive through I really got to shake myself. Slab it out of his hands. All right, so uh, here are your five uh, or six, because they include in the District of Columbia, uh, least fat states or districts. And I would encourage people who live in these places to look around you and say, we're the least fat? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, count, how do you want it? Here, here you go. Counting from the damn near least fat to the very least fat. Uh, District of Columbia is 45, D.C. Minnesota is a little skinnier than that. Cal Unicornia, 
among the slimmest states at 47. Connecticut Have is 48. Have they been to the state fair? Uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, Connecticut is 48. Massachusetts, 49. Colorado, very slim. And finally, your slimmest state. Go hiking, Utah. The least fat state. Um, I need less mirrors in my bathroom, I noticed this morning. <laughs> Just too many angles that I don't need to see. I don't need to see me at that angle. Oh, that doesn't do me any good. Oh, it's not doing me any favors. No, it's all about the angle. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, Joe Biden took a shot at Elizabeth Warren without naming her as things heat up between the two frontrunners in the race for the Democratic presidential nomination. Biden's remarks came after Warren last week said that Biden is, quote, running in the wrong presidential primary and repeating Republican talking points. Which is a pretty strong shot. It's an effort to grab the reins of the party in either the traditional moderate direction Mm -hmm. or the radical Marxist direction. Speaking at a Pittsburgh fundraiser and in a post online, Biden, without using Warren's name again, referred to her attack criticizing people in the Democratic Party who argue, quote, you agree with me or you have no courage, saying it's possible to, quote, be extremely progressive but not a socialist. Biden going on to say it's, quote, condescending to have what he called a tiny way or the highway approach to policy or a my way or the highway approach to policy. In the post, Biden said more saying the attack on him was, quote, representative of an elitism that working and middle-class people do not share. We know best you know nothing. He also He's assumes, right. He's he, got the winning argument. I just don't know if he can make it. Yep. Right. He, he, uh, right argument. Wrong guy. He also accused Warren, again, not by name, of having a, quote, angry, unyielding viewpoint. I, I'll be interested to see if this debate turns as uh, rancorous, and it's still yes. several weeks away. As, oh, don't get me excited. As it could, because I, I feel like several of the candidates smell blood with Elizabeth Warren, because she's really getting beaten up over this Medicare for all thing mm-hmm. by Democrats and obviously Republicans. And I just, I'll be interested to see if Biden and Buttigieg and others, Amy Klobuchar, think, here's our chance to take her out. I I realize this is a long shot. It's just fun to think about. Warren takes the beating that uh, that she deserves because of those reasons that I thought were spelled out actually pretty well. But it becomes clear that Biden is an out-of-touch old guy and just doesn't have it. And then the Democrats, in a panic, look to Mayor Pete, who's got... Similar arguments to Biden in a lot of lot of ways. He's young, he's energetic, he's bright, he's a compelling speaker. Right. And this is my my heart rooting for it. And thanks. All right, but a white dude, a gay white dude, but a white dude nonetheless. We need a woman. Kamala's a loser. Nobody likes her. Wait a minute. Amy Klobuchar, tough talking, moderate. She's got ovaries. Buttigieg Klobuchar ticket would be pretty tough. To pronounce? Yeah. <laughs> but it would be pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. This I'm idea just, is a bunch of malarkey. I'm just thinking, I'm putting on my okay, analyst. Boomer. I'm, I'm putting, that's how you use it. I'm putting on my analyst hat right now. I, I mean, uh, granted, Amy's a reach. But who else would it be? Hmm. Oh, that uh, the the uh, gal from Alabama who almost won the governor's seat there. I can never remember Stacey her name. Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams, yeah, but really well thought of in progressive circles. Uh, a black woman, a southerner. Anyway, this is all speculation, but it's fun.
Meanwhile, the annual Stress in America survey done by the American Psychological Association found that more than half of U.S. adults are already significantly stressed about the 2020 presidential election. Putting it right up there alongside traditional issues like work and money and access to health care. God, if you get as stressed out about a presidential election as you do your family finances, which can keep you awake at night, you've got to do something about your life, man. It's just it's not healthy. It's a huge change in society. People's egos and their identity are tied up with their politics in yep. a way that has that never been true except in, in wartime, civil wartime, or, 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 or times of bitter, bitter disagreement. Yeah, in the survey, 56% of all the adults asked said the presidential election a year from now is already a significant stressor. <laughs> it's not stressing me a bit. Yeah, I'd chill, Not a bit. I'd chill out. Here's This is seriously advice. If you ignore it for the next two months, 60 days, and then come back to it, you'll be up to speed within an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, easily. Easily. You didn't miss anything important. <laughs> it almost reminds me of, yeah. like, there was a long time because I'm so competitive that golf made me miserable as much as it made me happy. And I've played since I was a little kid. Right. You know, it just, I, it, it made me angry more than it made me happy. And if politics is that way for you, either walk away from it for a while or, or try to find a way to fix your attitude. Or drink your way through. <laughs> which, <laughs> there you go. With golf. Drink your way through. Yeah, it makes a difference. It's just an idea. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll get one of those Arby's uh, milkshake things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, that's one of the reasons I walked away from Scratchers. You know, it was making me more unhappy than happy. Yeah, right? at some point, you got to realize that yeah. with uh, with either relationships or jobs or hobbies or whatever. Yeah. Why am I still doing this? Right. Your hobby was convenience store gambling. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when you put it that way, it doesn't sound glamorous. No, not the way you worded it. Let's see. I'd like a a dried out hot dog, some Marlboro Lights, and a scratcher. (laughs) Marlboro Lights. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Oh, geez. Winston regulars are not convenience or <laughs> <Wow>. gambling. <laughs> not a joke. Hey, if you own an iPhone, and a lot of us do, there's a website you're supposed to check out today. It's got to do with privacy, and it's something we should all look into. So I'll hit you with that. That's just a little news you can use, among other things, on the way. Ah, uh, yeah, buddy. Also, let's see. Uh, duh, duh, duh. Workers assaulted outside a courthouse in Seattle. Well, I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you one guess as to which way their political leanings are. Both the assaulted and the assaulters. Also, who's leaving what state and why? Mm. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but we'll be resetting it because I think it's really important. More and more is coming out about the way ABC News quashed the Jeffrey Epstein story. Yeah, because their buddies were involved in the child rape and the orgies and the rest of it. They're powerful buddies, and they bowed to pressure to keep their mouths shut. Yeah, I hope this story doesn't go away. I'm afraid it's going to. I've been I've left Good Morning America on on the TV, and I don't think they've touched on it at all. Wow. George Stephanopoulos, uh, who may have decided to uh, to kill a story. Well, is he the head of the news division? Yeah, and has been for quite some yep. time, right? Yep. Well, he, it is nearly impossible that he wasn't in on that decision. Well, I don't know. He should have to answer for it. Um, at least uh, he, he should at least have to say, I never even knew this. Right. And then reporters can dig into that. So Harvey, uh, the Harvey Weinstein thing, NBC, was running around telling Ronan Farrow to shut up, man. Shut up. 
Yeah, we know he's a rapist. We know he bullies and, and abuses women all the time. But shut up, man. And over at ABC, maybe little George himself is saying, yeah, Epstein's a child rapist. But, man, our friends hang with him, so just be quiet. Those are your brave defenders of the truth That's in America. There's your fourth estate. Lovely. Well, we got more on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If you get the next hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show, and God, I hope you do, for your sake. Um, the, the headline on this article is, Stop trying to raise successful kids and start raising kind ones. But there's actually a lot of information in this child-raising thing on a bunch of different topics that are worth discussing. Mm. And how there's been a big drop in kindness among uh, young people. Over the last 10 years. Makes me want to Actually, punch them. Over the last 40 years. Punch violence in the face and kick yes. kindness in the... Something. Uh, uh, if you don't get the next hour, it's inconvenient. You can grab it via the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com or wherever podcasts are given away for free because Pe- we're stupid. People who don't get the next hour, what do you suppose they're going to hear? Radio? boss yelling at them? High school football game? I think probably not the radio. Anyway... Uh, a couple of news stories uh, to uh, briefly touch on. Most of what happened in the, the uh, off-year elections last night were fairly predictable. Um, this one surprised me, though. The liberal city of Tucson rejected in an overwhelming vote uh, calling themselves a sanctuary city. They have uh, limited police department uh, rules for when cops can ask about your immigration status, that sort of thing, after Arizona passed a law uh, a while back, and and Tucson wasn't terribly comfortable with it. But the people of Tucson have looked around at the whole sanctuary city thing and rejected it overwhelmingly. And if you know Tucson, Arizona, it's a pretty liberal city. And right there on the border, though, I mean, real close to the border. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, the whole investigation, the Justice Department uh, investigation into the FBI investigation of the Trump thing, the origins of the Russia conspiracy hoax thing, um, that report has been rumored to be coming out any day now for a long time. Uh, one person involved in the discussions for the release said uh, the target date's been November 20th, but they're probably not going to make it likely to come after Thanksgiving because of the complicated and contentious mix of legal classification and political issues at play. So if you're looking for, you know, what's the whole, uh, you know, Papadopoulos and Page and the, the British professor and the Joseph Nipson stuff, uh, you're going to have to wait probably for another month. Well, right. And I don't I don't like doing the cable news thing of discussing hypotheticals for an hour. <laughs> that, that may not happen, but right. How crazy will it be that in the midst of impeachment, when the whole thing is we have a president who used his power to try to dig up dirt on an opponent, we get a report that says Hillary Clinton, as a presidential candidate, tried to dig up dirt on an opponent in a foreign country. Right. Right. It would be wild if that comes out at the same time. This is not speculation because I am certain it is true. Brennan and Clapper and Comey are nervous as hell. Because maybe they were cheats and, and, and scoundrels, or maybe they just got a little carried away 
but they know they played fast and loose with the intelligence process because they were convinced that that Trump was, uh, you know, in bed with Putin, or they just hated him so much they wanted to stop him. But yeah, you're right. If all those things are going on simultaneously, it will be ridiculous. Mm. It will just be insane and hilarious and highly troubling. Oh, Apple has got a new privacy website that they're putting out today. Uh, Check that out if you're into this sort of thing. But it uh, explains in granular detail, I understand, if you really want to get into the weeds, about how they handle privacy different than other companies. They want to make it clear to the world or make the case to the world that we care more about your privacy than all these other places do. So if you care about that sort of thing, check it out. Speaking of... Do we have a uh, link at armstrongandgetty.com? Well, the, the article... The the article doesn't even say what it is. It's just it just says Hey, there's a website. Go to the Apple website to, oh. to read their new privacy policy. Apple dot com, I guess. All right. Um so I haven't heard this. Researchers hack Siri Alexa and Google Home by shining lasers at them. Really? How does, how, what's the story on this, Sean? Well, some hackers do what hackers do. Thankfully these guys appear to be the hackers with the white hats on, so they're they're trying to identify security flaws to alert the manufacturers about them. Uh, they released a video explaining it. Here's a, a, quick, a quick snippet of it. Inside each microphone, there is a small plate called the diaphragm. When sound hits the diaphragm, it moves, resulting in electrical signals. Instead of sound, an attacker can encode commands via the intensity of a laser light beam. By shining a laser light through the window at the microphone, an attacker can remotely cause the diaphragm to move. This results in electrical signals representing the attacker's commands. The attacker can control smart home switches, make online purchases, open smart garage doors, remotely unlock and start certain vehicles, or open smart locks by brute forcing the user's PIN number. Boy, people That's who are good at science amaze me. So they figured out a way to, uh, to hack in all of your stuff with a laser. Essentially laser. using a laser to do Morse code on the thing that registers yeah. the vocal patterns in, in the microphones. Well, that's right. a weakness. That's a flaw. Uh, the, the I don't know how many thieves are smart enough to be able to pull this off. The whole smart garage door opener may be the king <laughs> of why to me. I got a little device. Tiny little button. Four-year-old child could push that button. <laughs> Press that button as I'm rolling up the driveway. The garage door opens like magic. But no, I need it to open up when I'm a block away without me. Because, you know, I have dislocated and broken my finger a couple of times trying to press that button. Why? Why? Yeah. Um, we have a smart speaker, but we don't use it in a very smart way. I don't think we've ever done anything with it other than play music. Mm. And it's pretty cool for that. It's the greatest thing ever for that. Yeah. My kids have no idea how fortunate they are that any song they could possibly think of, they can just say, and immediately it's playing. Mm. Oh, God, I would have... If you'd have told me that was available when I was their age, oh, I'd have been so excited. Particularly like when I was like in high school or whatever. Oh, are you kidding? Oh, Alexa, awesome. play a killer saxophone solo. That's right, it's National Saxophone Day. No, it's not. What do you mean, no, it's not? You can't just declare it's a day and it's a day. At our house, my youngest came up with the idea. Somewhere he heard the phrase Taco Tuesday, and he said, we need to start doing that, Taco Tuesday. So we had tacos last night. Mm -hmm. Tacos on Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. Why not? So at the dinner table, became coming up with a thing for every day. So tonight is Waffle Wednesday. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to make waffles. We're going to have spaghetti spaghetti Saturday. Yeah, I'm loving this Um, so far. Macaroni Monday. Yeah. 
Uh, couldn't come up with a Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. You only uh, you can <laughs> drink. See, it's a liquid <laughs> diet day. You drink smoothies, protein shakes, etc. Uh, Winter. Dr- drafts of Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> I've, I've, been to a, I've been to a lot of Thursday Thursdays. There was a very little uh, dinnertime meals involved. <laughs> That's why you got to mix in the, uh, the protein shake yeah. there, which mixes delightfully with beer. Ah, uh, der, der, de. You know, we were talking about this the other day, and the, the smart speaker that can play any song you can think of, virtually, um, immediately for you. It reminds me of what we were talking about, though, because I remember uh, sitting there uh, with my little tape recorder, just waiting for my favorite song to come on my hit radio station, and then I would hit record real quick and miss the first four or five sentence, yep. uh, seconds of the introduction and get the little DJ chatter over it as well. But finally, there would be my favorite song I could listen to while I wanted and that was scarcity, effort, reward, and satisfaction, which is the way human beings have lived the entirety of our existence. Now what you have is uh, omnipresence, omni-availability, and, and no effort, no reward, no joy, other than the joy of there it is, I like this song. But it's a completely different rhythm. Sure, no doubt about it. Completely different situation in terms of releasing endorphins. It's like, it al- almost reminds me of the intermittent fasting thing. Don't eat all the time. Eat a couple of times. It's like saving for six months to buy your favorite toy you wanted versus somebody just you cherish it. Somebody just gives it to you, right? Yeah, and, and it gives you a different one the next day. Oh well, 